this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Hello! Howdy, everybody. Sam Goodman, the hot nerd, coming to you from the sunny and the beautiful downtown Phoenix here in the hot nerd slash pale horse media co slash whatever we're doing today studios. I hope that you are doing absolutely marvelous wherever you find yourself. Before we jump into today's episode, do me a favor, go check out my latest book. And let me, let me stop. Let me stop. Our, our book. I need our book. It's me and my dear friend, Ian Allison. Ian's just an absolute rock star. He's got a really cool podcast called Native Film Talk. So you can just go search that. You'll find him. He's got a website. He's got all that kind of stuff going on and just just totally not safety stuff, which is always a plus in the world of that we share, right? Because we're always, always talking about safety stuff and rightfully so. We're passionate. We're pumped. We're trying to make the world a better place to work. But sometimes, sometimes, just sometimes, you need just a little bit of break from that. And let me, let me say this. One thing that I've discovered uh, is it seems like the more that I start to kind of tune into other things, like uh, Native Film Talk or <laughs> just whatever podcast that I'm listening to, whatever YouTube videos that I'm listening to or watching, I guess, watching slash listening to while I'm working on stuff here at the studio. Um, it seems like I discover just as many and sometimes more answers to the problems that we are trying to solve in other places rather than in safety directly related stuff. So I don't know. I guess I'm just telling you to to go check some stuff out. You know, be a little diverse in your sources of information, even when it comes to podcasts, right? I mean, like this show. Thank you. Let me let me stop there and say thank you for listening to the Hot Nerd Podcast and following along with the vlogs we've got over on YouTube and reading the books and all of that kind of sort of stuff. Uh, which I'll, I'll get back to in just a second. I promise. Like side rant, side rant. You guys know how I roll. Um, but. Source information from different places. Go listen to James over at Rebranding Safety. Go tune into his podcast. You know, go over and listen to Dr. J. Allen. Tune in there. Of course, you know you've got to go listen to The Goat, Todd Conklin, the pre-accident podcast. There's just tons, and there's too many of them to name. So if I'm, I'm leaving you out, I'm sorry. Um, but it's this idea of going out and listening to a bunch of stuff and then forming your own opinions and that's not always going to be podcasts and videos and stuff that are just talking about safety. Minds exploding across the internet. <laughs> Plus, you need a break from this stuff sometimes. Let's, let's just level. But seriously, go check out all those folks and many, 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 many more. There's tons and tons and tons of great safety podcasts. And so once you get done, you know, listening to, you know, your weekly dose of me invading your ear holes, go check out some of those folks. Go check out some other podcasts as well, including Ian's Native Film Talk. So that's a side rant that started with me talking about how awesome Ian's podcast is. Um, but make sure, make sure you go check him out. Follow along with him on LinkedIn. You know, this book would have not been possible uh, without Ian, me and him coming together and just having some like really like we end up doing like these late night conversations where we're like, oh, holy cow, man, it's uh, three in the morning. I think I need to go to bed. <laughs> where we sit around working through ideas, working through thoughts, putting stuff on paper, taking notes. And that's how Safety Sucks, the manifesto was born. So head over and check that out on Amazon. That's probably the easiest place to get it. 
And you can find it pretty much anywhere else that you find books as well. So I would love to hear your thoughts on it. When you pick up a copy, do me a favor. Uh, no matter your feelings on it, leave us a review. If you want to leave me like uh, or leave us like uh, negative stars, that's fine, too. I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, but if you really liked it, leave us five. And if you really loved it, uh, I don't know, write a review for it, too. That's that helps us an absolute ton. Same thing with all the content that we bring you. Like it, interact with it, share, you know, share it on your social media streams. Tell your friends about it. That stuff quite literally keeps the lights on around here. And by keep the lights on, I mean, allows us to bring you this content just at the frequency that we do and completely free. So it's kind of sort of cool. So today I wanted to talk uh, a little bit about a touchy subject. And it's a touchy subject that I find myself talking about. It seems like absolutely constantly. And you're probably in the same boat if you're out there trying to be a practitioner of human and organizational performance or doing safety differently or better or, or whatever the heck we want to call it. Um, if, especially when you're in this practitioner space, uh, and, and that's where I'm at. That's that's where I'm at. I, I work on this stuff kind of in the trenches on the daily, uh, just like most of us do. Uh, and it's this conversation around beating people. We just can't seem, and when I say we, I'm speaking about the organizations that, that we serve, right? We just can't seem to let go of this notion that beating people is how we make things better. And we can just say right now that, that nothing is, is farther from the truth, right? <laughs> Let's just, spoiler alert, nothing is farther from the truth. We start with this conversation uh, around these ability words, right? And what I mean by the ability words are these words that we use interchangeably within our organizations, responsibility, accountability, culpability, right? We, we start with the conversation there. Uh, we've boiled those down within our organizations to all mean the same thing, which means the stick, aka beating people. And we go there for a couple reasons. Now, organizationally, uh, and just as the folks kind of as a leader, right? As a leader in these organizations, you have somebody that does something, air quotes, air quotes here, dumb, right? Somebody goes out and hurts themselves, right? And it's so easy to look at that, kind of looking back at that and go, I, I see what you did there. Look at that. You didn't pay enough attention. I, I see what you did there. Look, you didn't follow the rules 100%. I see what you did there. Look, I, I, I'm looking at it right here. Look at all these errors, this error of, you know, not following the rules 100%, not paying enough attention. Uh, you know, maybe your head wasn't in the game or even worse, even worse. I see just a complete lack of care. Oh, and if there's a workaround. I found a workaround. How, how could you? How, you just don't care enough. So we start there and we settle on blame, right? We settle on this idea that, okay, there's our problem. We found our problem, right? We found it. Here's the problem. Here's the broken part. It's you. <laughs> it's, it's you. It's you, Mr. And Mrs. Person. They at the end of a long line of problems, the problems that we choose to ignore right now, right? We're, we're just going to ignore all the other problems and pressures and stuff in this long line of bits and bobs of just gnarly stuff that led up to this kind of decision making point. We're going to ignore all that. But you're the problem, right? You're the problem. And what do we do with problems? We fix them. And if we settle on a person being the problem, what tool, the really the only tool, if we're, if we're again, air quote, fixing people, right? The only tool that we have is the stick, the stick or the carrot. But let's be honest, the stick is a lot cheaper than the carrot. Uh, and it's, really, it works just as good, right? It works just as good. 
So <laughs> we often land on the stick. And we land on the stick because we believe deep, 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 deep down inside of our being that discipline is a great behavior modification tool. Uh, and it's not, right? Let's just say it's not. And it, it modifies behavior. Don't, don't get me wrong, but it never quite seems to do what we think it's going to do, right? We say, look, you had this error. If I punish you enough, it's with enough severity, if I inflict enough pain upon you, you will finally learn to not make these errors. And that's never what, what happens. You know, it comes back to, I think it's, I think it's the goat, Todd Conklin, that, that talks about this, around this idea that, you know, we often uh, try to attempt to change people's behavior by asking them to change their behavior. Um, it's, that's what we're doing. We're asking them with a pain source to change their behavior. And that's just a really dumb way to try to change people's behavior. But back to the point, it, it doesn't function how we intended it to function, right? We're thinking that if we find your problem and we apply pain to that problem or to you, then you will eventually come to your senses and just not be human anymore and stop having that problem. Uh, and that's rarely, if ever, if ever, it never, it, that, that's never how that works, right? That's never how that works. Uh, only thing that that really does is it creates this kind of parent-child relationship. Instead of an adult-adult relationship, we end up with an adult-child relationship. And the behaviors that it really creates is it just makes us really, 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 really good at avoiding that source of of pain, right? As humans, we're really, really good at finding ways to avoid pain sources. Uh, the phenomenal, the amazing Andrea Baker, who we've had on the podcast, you should definitely go back and listen to that episode with her. I'm, I've got to get Andrea back on. She is just awesome. Um, she talks about this in, in around the world of speeding tickets, right? That you get pulled over, you get a speeding ticket, you really don't stop speeding, right? Let's just say that within our world, uh, at least here in the United States, that five miles an hour plus over the speed limit is a norm. That's just a complete norm in our world. If you're not doing at least five miles an hour over, <laughs> you're going to get run over. And even with that, you're typically going to get run over. In Phoenix, it seems to be, be about more like 10, 15, even down to the point to where uh, the enforcers of that law, the police officers, um, there's a kind of an old saying uh, of nine, you're fine, 10, you're mine. You're going nine miles an hour over. That's cool. But as soon as you get to 10, right, then, then you're going to get a ticket. Um, but it's this idea that when you are speeding, you get pulled over. Let's say you're at 10 miles an hour, you get pulled over. Um, you don't really change your behavior around speeding. The intention is that with enough pain, then we will eventually get you to say, no, 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 you're going to do exactly 65 miles per hour. Um, but that's never quite what happens, right? Um, most of us, most of us drive that few miles an hour over at least, right? If you're getting pulled over for doing five miles an hour over the speed limit, um, the last thing you're going to think is like, oh yeah, I should definitely stop doing this. What you're going to get really good at, you're going to pay the 200 bucks for your freaking speeding ticket. Um, you're going to move on. You're going to maybe be like super, super aware of the speed limit for the next couple days. But what you're going to be even more aware of in the future is this, this kind of idea of not finding the police. <laughs> You're going to, or them rather, them not finding you. You're going to say, ah, "I know that that uh, I know that that cop sits 
right down here in this low point on the interstate, right behind that sign. There's always one there. So I'm going to do my speeding and then I'm going to slow down when I get to that sign and I'm going to speed back up or I'm going to go even faster in the areas where I know the police are not to make up for the fact that I'm going to have to do the speed limit when I get to that point. So it really just creates this us v them. It drives a wedge between the person that is receiving the pain and the person that is producing the pain. It doesn't really do much good. And I think it kind of goes back to that kind of main point of, you know, the the hop principles of blame fixes nothing and, and learning and blame truly move in opposite directions. Now, let me kind of level set here a little bit and say that it's a choice. Right? It's a choice. Um, you have several different kind of choice points throughout this process, right? When you get to that, that point of saying we have this wonky behavior, we have this thing, this boom, this kapow, just this thing that we don't like, we have to truly ask ourselves, do we have a person problem? Do we have a system problem? And you have to start with us understanding that 99.5% of the time you have a system problem, right? The behaviors come from somewhere. So if you're going to sit there and beat the person, Right. And so the vast majority of the time, if your approach is to 100 percent discipline every time that you have a, a bad behavior, every time that you have a boom kapow, the vast majority of the time you're going to be disciplining someone for not great reasons right? and you're going to be fixing absolutely nothing. Now, let's explore this path, you know, in this idea uh, around this place of, you know, maybe what do you do with that point five percent? Right. What do you do with that point five that, you know, we typically call it the shithead clause around these parts. This idea that, you know, there are bad actors in the world. There are saboteurs in the world. There are people that have ill intentions uh, and want to cause harm. Uh, but understanding, again, that, that they are by far in the minority uh, within our workforces, even just within our general world. We start from this assumption that most people are good, that most people have good intentions, that most people just want to do whatever they're trying to do, cause no harm to anyone else, do it successfully and move on with their lives, right? That's it. That's it. And not only that, but most people will go even farther out of their way to do a good job or a better job, right? So I think you start there, right? Ask yourself that question objectively, Right, with all the understanding that we have. Because this, this is the question that comes up, right? When you talk to an organization about human and organizational performance, you're going to get this kind of comment of hippity dippity lovey dovey. You this oh, you're you're taking my stick away, you're you're pulling the teeth of the organization, and you know, fear is how we force people to do the things that we want them to do. And ugh, right? Ugh. But you're not really doing any of those things, right? We're, we're, we're not really declawing or de-sticking, I don't know, de-sticking the organization. It's flipping those things on their head a little bit and understanding that disciplinary action is not a behavioral modification tool. You have a choice. Back to the point that you have a choice point. Are you going to choose? Do you, do you, which one's more important to you in this particular situation? Understanding this event, understanding all of the stuff that surrounds it. Is your choice going to be to learn or to inflict pain or to discipline, right? And let's let's dive down that a little bit because for me, I have a moral dilemma with that or a problem, right? And it's just a question. I'll throw this question out here. I think I've thrown it out several times on this podcast, several times in videos, uh, and it's just something I would like for you to ponder. And if you have any thoughts on it, I would love to hear from you, Sam at thehopner.com. But it's this. Is it really 
an organization's role, a company, a, a freaking bank, a company that makes freaking cardboard boxes, a company that grows corn, a company that makes electricity, a, a freaking company, okay, a company. Is it a company's role to inflict pain upon wrongdoers? Is it a company's role to seek an eye for an eye? Is that really what, what we do? Is that, is that really, should that really be in our wheelhouse? Should that even really be in our list of options? Right? You have sinned, and now imaginary XYZ organization is going to punish you for your sins. You have sinned against our most holy of texts, our freaking sacred rules, and now we're going to inflict pain upon you for sinning against those things. We're going to administer pain, eye for an eye, yada, 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 yada. Is that really, is that really what we should be doing? Morally, morally speaking, is that really what we should be doing? And I, I keep landing on, I don't think so. <laughs> right? I keep landing on, uh, no, pro probably not. That seems like a, no, 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 no. So I, again, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. But back to this kind of flipping disciplinary action on its head a little bit. Understanding that it's not, so let's say that you're at that choice point and you choose that discipline is is your option, right? Or you have that thing where you go, okay, this is a person problem, okay? You know, 150% of the time, and again, we're talking super rare circumstances, I, I don't know, but that for whatever reason, this is a person problem. We've decided that going down the path of discipline is where we're going to get our most return on our investment for this behavior, this error, this kaboom, kapow, whatever, right? You have to also ask yourself then, based off of this action, based off of this behavior, is this recoverable or an irre irrecoverable act? And what I mean by that is, is there are certain things in our world that, that for sure, for sure, are, are just not allowed, right? If you're going to say sexist, racist, racist bigoted comments at work, um, I think you'll be out the door. Hopefully, you'll be out the door so fast that your head spins, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Anything like that that kind of lands in that world of ill intent, saboteur, any of those things, right? But from there, right? But from there, if you're going to go down that path, you have to make sure that you have a just system, right? And whatever that looks like for you. But just keep that in mind. You have to have a just process, a just system, road to redemption if it is a recoverable thing, right? If there is a path to redemption, the organization should be seeking that, right? We should be seeking restoration. We should be seeking restoration over pain. And that's kind of where I'm going with this. Is that I don't believe that it's the organization's role to inflict pain. Right? I, I, I just don't I just don't believe that. I think that's a load of horse shit. I think that's a big old chunk of old school horse shit that we think if people sin against the organization that it's our right to beat them. I, I just, I think that's exactly what it is. It's bullshit. It's bullshit thinking to believe that those things actually, actually, like truly function as we intend to them, intend them to function as behavior modification tools because the, it ne it never works. It, it never works that way. It, it just doesn't. It just doesn't. So it's back to how we stand that on his head is understanding that, number one, all these things are different right? Um, all these things are different. Accountability, responsibility, discipline, separate things, okay? Separate things. And as we're talking about discipline in particular, it's this idea that discipline is not a pain tool. It's not a behavior modification tool. It's not vengeance. It's not the wrath of the organization for sinning. It's a tool 
to remove people from situations, systems in, in which they do not belong. So if you are seeing those behaviors, whether they're people problems or they're system problems, it's this idea that they're still symptoms. It's not that these folks are just bad actors, typically. Back to the shithead clause that, that exists. We have to acknowledge that it exists. But even then, it's not the job of the organization to inflict pain. It's not the job of the organization to go out seeking an eye for an eye and pouring down their holy organizational vengeance upon those that dare to sin against the organization. Even if you do have the shithead, that disciplinary action process should be the eject button. It's the emergency eject button. It's okay. We're at this point. We're here. That We made a choice to come down this path. Is this eject button permanent? Do we need to remove this person completely from the organization? And then that's, that's where you should be asking the question, how did this, if you, do, if you are dealing with a shithead, how did this person make it into the organization to begin with? Maybe a better question than just saying, oh, bad people. Maybe a little bit better. Uh, and then if, 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 if you go down the path of saying this is recoverable, we're going to come up with the road to redemption. We're going to seek restoration and do that. But I'm here to tell you, the old school beliefs around disciplinary action being a behavior modification tool, we've got to get that out of our world. This idea that fear, fear is how we're going to get to where we want to go. We have to get that out of our world. It's harming us. It's harming us and it's harming our people. If our organizations go around seeking an eye for an eye, how's the old saying go, right? An eye for an eye leaves everyone blind. In our particular case, an eye for an eye leaves us organizationally blind, right? It leaves us blind to operational intelligence. We are never going to overcome this innate need for human or self-preservation, right? We think that we can. We have a rule that says you must report. We have a rule that says when you report, we're going to discipline you. So reports and allow us to pour our vengeance upon you. Okay, see how long that works out for you. <laughs> How's that working out for you right now? How about that? So to wrap this long rambly rant up, and you love the ramble rants, that's that's what this is right now, right? This is what you ask for. So we're, we're back to Sam hanging out, just throwing some thoughts out there about things. Um, first off, we need to focus on using the correct language. We need to focus on understanding that accountability, responsibility, and our culpability systems are different things. We should be spending more time investing on creating environments of accountability, right? Understanding that accountability is not something that you do to someone or pour down upon someone. That accountability is an environment in which you create. Um, one of the best ways that I think about accountability is this idea, uh, and I, I heard Todd Conklin say this, is this idea that I can count on you, you can count on me. And I take that a little bit into this direction of saying that, you know, for me, accountability is this idea that I feel accountable to you and in this way of I don't want to let you down and I don't want you to let me down and if I fail I'm going to feel like dog shit because I let so and so down I let my buddy down the organization has a responsibility to help foster that not say you let us down bam and hit you with the stick if you're beating people with sticks, if you're going around seeking an eye for an eye, and you're screaming about accountability, um, the only thing you're actually doing is creating less 
and less accountability. The only thing that you're actually doing is acting as judge, jury, and executioner for your creating culpability. So go back to that. Go back to focusing on creating environments of high accountability, not backwards looking, saying that we need to do accountability to someone. We need to do discipline to someone. Then really, we've got to really focus on our disciplinary action systems and understand that they're not behavior modification tools, at least not in the ways that we hoped that they would be. If it was that easy that we could just beat people and fix people, things would have been freaking solved a long, 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 long time ago. We wouldn't have speeding problems. We wouldn't have, uh, I don't know, we wouldn't have gun violence. We wouldn't have bad stuff happening at work. People wouldn't go out and drink, drive. We wouldn't have any of those things. None. We wouldn't have drug problems. Everything would be absolutely fine if that's how this actually worked, but it's not. It's not. So understanding that, thou, that, that thou, those, those, those systems are actually ways to remove people from systems in which they do not belong. It's the eject button. It's not the cat of nine tails that we get to give people lashings with when they sin against the organization. Again, I have a moral problem with that. Dumb. Just not, not good. Just not good. So there you go. I'm, I'm going to stop there because I could go on and on and on. This is going to be like an hour-long podcast. And I need, I need to do some more on this. We need to sit down and just have some... Uh, maybe we need to do like a, a side thing on this. That's a really good idea. I'm, I'm going to start thinking in that direction. I think we need to actually sit down. We need to get some guests on. We need to get folks like Andrea on. We need to get some folks like Todd on. Get some other folks in here uh, from various different perspectives and have a conversation about what these things are, what they should be, how we create them. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a mini series coming on here because, again, I've got a lot of thoughts rolling around in my head uh, to the point of rambling sometimes with this because I think it's something that we really, really, really need to address because most of the time, this is where we lack clarity as it comes to rolling out, doing safety better, different, hop, et cetera, et cetera, within organizations. This is always the sticking point. So I think we need to come together. I think I think this is a great point to try to herd the cats and do some mini series stuff on what accountability is, what discipline is, what culpability is, how we create systems that produce high accountability. Uh, and I don't know, maybe, maybe we have to reach out to uh, Sidney Decker. We need to get him back on. I think this would be a great place to insert some conversation around just culture. So if you're listening to this and you want to see that happen, reach out to me, let me know, interact on social media, start Start, uh, you know, tagging all of those folks and more anyone that you think should be a part of this conversation in social media posts. And let's pull this thing together and let's make it happen, because I think this is something that we need to have a serious conversation about. Um, so there we go. Yeah, there we go. That's all I've got. Sam Goodman, The Hot Nerd, signing off. <gasps> bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>